Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name's Ed Sylvester. This is Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Like it. That's a new Thanks. that's a new way of opening it. I do like that. Ed, how has your week in D&D been, my friend? How are you? I'm all right, thank you, Samuel. My week has been very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, last tomorrow day, I received a letter in the post. Okay. Now, this letter contained quite an interesting. I say post. I'll tell. I'll take you back. Oh, the story begins. It's a bit, isn't it? Go on. Twas tomorrow day. Okay. And I was taking my uh, yearly bath. And whilst this was happening, out from the tiles, a hand appeared and waved a piece of parchment in front of my face. This is a relatively regular occurrence in my biannual baths. Mm -hmm. Anyway, reading this letter, it said, Hi, my name is Herogenus IV. Okay. I am a wizard. Um, It appears that you have lost your barbarian. Oh... Do you know who what who 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 he was referring to, Sam? F- fucking no can. Is he dead? No. Oh, even better. Turns out, Hydrogenus Herod- the Third, the wizard. Hieronymus the Fourth, but go on. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, found him. Do you remember when we were when we were running a small campaign? Uh, send no can home because he was obviously from a different world and dimension. And yeah, I mean, with the impending sort of Brexit. That, mm. that became quite off-colour, didn't it? Send no can home. So we, we knocked it on the head, as I remember. I do. I do remember that, Sam. Anyhow, so that obviously gained some momentum within different planes of existence. And it turns out mm. this wizard has has successfully sent no can back to his family and to his barbarian ways. So that's fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's nice. It, that, I, thought that was, I thought the hand was going to like ask us for social media details or something. I was worried that it was going to be that kind of bit, but this has actually come good. It is. And he said, do you know what? The reason why uh, the reason why we actually managed to find out about this this lost barbarian was due to mm-hmm. uh, the Starter Set podcast. But when we're not listening to the Starter Set podcast, how can we possibly get any more information about the Starter Set podcast? And I say, well, hand of wizard whose name I've also forgotten since I started this piece again Sam mm-hmm. will tell you the next time on the show start a set podcast on Facebook and Instagram start a set show on Twitter or the other way around can't remember we haven't done this bit before um, not for a while at least uh, start a set podcast on uh, all major platforms is where you can find them bodiless hand so my week in D&D has been slightly more normal <laughs> How was your week, Sam? Yeah, not bad. Not nearly as make-believe, but pretty good. Um, so we played last Tuesday. That was fun. Went to a bathhouse. Did some character building. That was quite good. Um, and I also helped a friend of mine build a character for a one-shot that he will be playing in about a month or so. It's basically get rid of all the pirates off this island. And he's going to be playing a Water Genasi Warlock. And he's going to be tashering his stats as well. Because he's got a cool DM. 
So I helped my friend Rob build, uh, we had a very nerdy conversation actually about stats and different types of character against different types of class. And I was like, oh, I actually do know quite a lot about this game after a hundred plus episodes of this podcast. I was quite pleased with myself. And he's now buying the player's handbook. So this is no longer just a hobby. This is with very, very slowly drawing him in until all the money he ever earns will be spent on this stuff. So yeah, I'm mate. I'm on base. Should be on commission for Wizards of the Coast, basically. As a Star Wars-based individual would say, there can only be two. I like it. So it's basically which one of you two do I need to murder to make sure that I stay alive? Exactly right. Yes, it's very much like <laughs> you, we are your two apprentices and we are scheming against you. Should we run the ads and then get into the show? It's got a bit weird for a second there, didn't it? Let's do it. Let's run the ads right now. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Thank you to our lovely sister shows on our lovely network. Ed, what are we talking about, butter? It's miscellaneous marvels. Is it another race that we've forgotten? Is it a subclass? Help me, Ed. Help me. Tis neither, Sam. Oh, it's done me. I would like to talk about Samuel. Theatre of the Mind combat versus the hex square base everything's on the table style uh, experience of Dungeons and Dragons because each, believe it or not, has pros and or cons. Well, yeah, and I ran a little bit of a poll on our Twitter feed recently um, in preparation for the show, so thanks for everyone that does vote in that one and all the rest that I put out. Battle Maps won. Battle Maps won over Theatre of the Mind and over a little bit of both. Maybe that's because we're in an age of everything is kind of Battle Maps now because everyone is or should be playing using Roll20 or something like that. But yeah, Battle Maps seems to be the order of the day. I'm not sure if I agree, but I guess right now it's kind of like an ideal situation versus how can we actually play at all. So this is a little bit of a double-edged sword for me because usually I would say, yeah, a bit of both. But right now, it's like, well, fuck, if I can just play anything and it has to use a battle map, mm. fine. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, now, I think let's let's dive into it, starting with battle maps, right? Because if that's the poll, let's start with what the people want to hear to begin with, right? Pros of battle maps. Um, and they, they play... And I think why the reason why people like them so much is because everything in... Still within 5th edition still has that sort of five-foot square mentality that we saw in fourth, uh, derived from third, mm-hmm. right? And it still has that... Everything has a range, everything has a distance, and on paper, when you're not playing the game, it's very much a, here's a white room, how much damage output can you do, kind of thing, a lot of the time, right? Because mm-hmm. the stats on your character sheet 
yes, but basically only based around excluding the charisma score are all about how you can fight, realistically. Essentially, the what score? Charisma. Haven't done that in a while. There you go. Thanks. There you go. It's a throwback, that is. That's a callback. That's what they have in real shows. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. And I think there is that level of just ease of understanding. Because when you've got the character sheet there, or when you've got D&D Beyond open, and you're playing away, to have a visual representation of like, when you're not in combat, you're thinking about what you're going to do in your next turn. So to also not have to hold, oh, by the way, uh, that goblin is moving across there, so he will be either in or out of range. To not also have to hold that information and just be able to look and go, I'm going to hit those through with Bane, I'm going to do a bonus action, whatever it is you're going to do. That's also an obvious advantage to Mattle Maps. Battle Maps is that you Mm. can just see it. Yeah, exactly. You can just see it. Yeah. So in terms of your ability to process uh, information like on that moment and within that moment, and the key thing is, and this is both, this kind of sits in the pros and cons, you don't have to concentrate as much on the fight because you can kind of get to your turn and go, what's going on? Oh, I look at it and then I figure it out. But that does give you a bit of an issue which is the disconnect from actually the game that's happening in front of you. You may you may even see a phone being whipped out in between each turns because D&D combat takes a while. And if you can theoretically not concentrate while it's not your turn, if that's what you <laughs> want to do, that's cool. That's that's what the game's there to do. It's there to have fun, nothing else. Um, but it does allow you to basically take a step back for five minutes and then come back in and then you can immediately assess the situation rather than taking all the information in, holding it within your mind, and then responding. But in response to that, I would say that that's, yeah, okay, maybe you shouldn't be taking your phone out, and I think it's it's quite funny. In the community, having a phone come out during combat is like the ultimate, something's gone a little bit wrong here, in the communication between either the table and the player, the DM and the table, whatever else. I think, as someone who's DM'd for a little bit, even if you do have a battle map, you should still be trying to keep it spicy. I don't think it should be as easy as, here's a bigger guy and here's three little guys. Have at it. And I'll just respond to whatever you do because these guys don't have plans. They're just here to be beaten because that's the game. Mm, I think it's it's there's that really great book, isn't there? The monsters know what they're doing. Like, the monsters should know what they're doing. There should be more going on than just yeah. pff, beat that. And when you beat that, you'll get something else that will help you beat the next yeah, thing. Yeah, it, 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 what it ultimately does, and, and this is what you should be aware of when you're using battle maps, is it's very easy to fall into that sort of experience. I think that's one of the things, right? So, pros, yeah. incredible for, for um, directing information to your players very, very quickly. And I think that is pr- that that is the massive one, and that outweighs a lot of yeah. the cons ultimately because it's about here you go, this is it in front of you. But we're already seeing potential problems, right? Now, big one for DMs specifically, cost. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, and and I have fallen into this trap because I have gone. Do you know what? 
I have been doing Theatre of the Mind combat and I've been describing it. Why, why don't I just get a hex grid? I'll get a hex grid and then that'll figure it out. Okay, and now we, we move to sort of four or five years later and I've got, you know, close to bloody 100 plus minis. There's some scenery that's floating around, four different types of battle mats. I, won, ran, I once ran a game which had three different fights going on in three different areas, which basically meant that there were three different types of battle maps. Not necessarily three separate battle maps. I'm talking about three Jeez. types of battle maps. What it, there was basically, there was a naval fight, right, which was between airships. So one battle battle map. Bad, I'm doing it? it now as well. <laughs> one battle map was it is pinned up on the wall with um, small ship tokens being moved around with blue tech. Another one was the inside of the ship where there was sort of hand-to-hand -hand boarding combat going on. And another one was based on the island which was controlling the mechanized army that was running um, some of these ships and things all collectively together. See, now that's just proof that there are layers and levels to this ship because I get more than a little bit miffed if you guys are playing and you're like, two of you are like, I think I'm going to go to Starbucks and the other two are like, I think I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm like, oh, fuck, fucking stay together. Stay together. <laughs> you're a team. Fucking stay together. <laughs> the narrative is crafted to suit everyone on different levels. Fucking stay together. You're all having a chicken McSandwich. I don't think a chicken McSandwich is a real thing, but the point still stands. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds complicated as fuck and impossible to do without a battle map. I agree with the cost thing as well because, yeah, it's while D&D has a relatively low sort of buy-in cost, if, if you want to call it that, mm. it, it is really like yeah. the, the level of which it goes up is exponential, you know, and you get to the point where, oh, can I, you either kind of go for it all the way or don't go for it at all, either the minis are unpainted and it's just like, that's where everything kind of is. Is everyone cool with that? That's just, and then you theater of the mind on top, or you're like, right, everyone has to have their own character mini, it has to be painted. Oh, can I wild shape into a unicorn? No, I don't have a unicorn. You can have a fucking dog or whatever. You've, I, I feel with minis, I've always felt with minis and battle maps and stuff that you're either all in or you're just like cursory, you know? The, I'd like to go into a unicorn. I don't have a unicorn mini, you can't. That, that actually 100% sums up the, the problem with that battle map style mm. element. What it does is it limits your creativity. A little. And considering that this is a story game where um, creativity is encouraged and sort of the combats and the environments and the, the high fantasy aspect of Dungeons and Dragons is like meant to be I cast fireball and my fighter slides underneath the flaming jets and slices the legs of the minotaur and he falls with a scream mm -hmm. as the ranger jumps up, backflips, flips a finger off at the goblin and then shoots him in the face twice. Um, that as a descriptive can very quickly go, okay, I'm going to move six squares here, I roll, I do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing about battle maps, to, to my earlier point, and to that point somewhat, is that a lot of people get into this game listening and watching certain shows in which it's the people's job and they can have battle maps for scenes that will never happen and you never know and the players never know and it's kind of fine and it's really funny when it comes off like we had it with our DM 
the game just gone. He was like, oh, maybe you'd like to visit the gambling den. And we were like, nope, we want a bathhouse. And then we had a toilet break of all of 120 seconds. And then we came back and there was a bathhouse. And it was really great and really funny. But for those kind of DMs, I imagine are in the minority. I think a lot of people have a story to tell and want you to hit those locations. And if you were to do that with battle maps and to not have that feel of like the gilded roller coaster, you're going to be building a lot of shit and buying a lot of shit you never use, which I think is a put off. So it ultimately encourages railroading is, is the is the statement that we, we're carrying mm. out there. A little bit. Right. Of the, this is my story. I need you to do this because I've, I've literally spent three hours. <laughs> please, please don't. Please go left. Yeah. Please go left. Don't turn right. <laughs> Please go left because I need. I, I I spent so long. Please just do it. Okay, so that's that's the the battle maps, yay and nay kind of side of things, right? So if we go mm-hmm. um, to the extreme side of the other end, and of course we are talking about the extremes when we're talking about these two different options, because the obvious answer to this this question is do a bit of both. Even though everybody has said on our um, on our Twitter thing, I want to do battle maps. I did it again. Battle maps. I disagree with you, Twitter followers. I disagree with you. The, the best thing is best of both. Did it again, man. <laughs> Let's go the full extreme. Um, pros and cons of theatre of the mind combat and theatre of the mind mm. overall for your D&D campaign, right? Number one. Limitless in terms of what you can do. You want to have a fight whilst falling down a 20,000... Um, foot waterfall admittedly that this this atmosphere is obviously bloody huge to have a 20,000 foot waterfall but still this is D&D and this is this is mm. this is D&D and this is what happens um, yeah and you know you have rounds and turns of, of throwing punches at each other and spinning and then drifting through another portal and then you're in a different environment and that you cannot do with a bat- battle map you have to do that in the theatre of the mind yeah, I think that a theatre of the mind is, yes, limitless, but even when you go full theatre of the mind, if you're leaning into the limitless element, like, um, I'll give you an example. I had a training montage for a one-on-one campaign I was designing, uh, running, excuse me, and they had a sort of like monk training thing and the room was spinning and they all had to like find their center of gravity and it was all lots of dex saving throws and lots of dex checks and whatever else and that was ultimately limitless because it was theater of the mind but i still had a pad and pen i still had to be keeping those numbers somewhere i still had to be engaging in some physicality to make it run you know yes yeah so Obviously, I've just described, and, and this, this is exactly right, what you're saying there is you've still got to do the, the number crunching, right? Which ultimately mm-hmm. makes you kind of then go, hang on, is the thing that lets D&D down as an experience then sometimes just the combat itself? And maybe we should just make D&D a purely um, role-playing based environment. But I'd, And I know that is pie-in-the-sky thinking, doesn't necessarily work, don't worry mm-hmm. about it. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what they should do at all. I'm sure cleverer um, men, women have tried to do that than me and have completely failed as well. So I'm not saying that I'm, I'm going to solve that. <laughs> but that previous statement where I was talking about theatre of the mind falling through different portals and down different water uh, waterfalls and whilst you're exchanging punches and all that sort of stuff, 
That can also be boiled down to... Right, you roll your dice. Okay, does that hit me? No, it doesn't. Oh, you fall another 30 feet. Okay, okay, I'll do my attack. Okay, here we go. Uh, 19, does that hit? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it does, yeah, it does. Okay, you take... Do you see what I mean? Because, mm -hmm. because it's theatre of the mind and, and you're going, these two people are ultimately spinning and exchanging blows, if you don't keep the... the... Um, you know, the descriptive and the fanciful part of describing what's going on. And this is both DM and player. That's not all on your DM. The player can still mm -hmm. narrate. And, and we I think we forget that this is a collective storytelling experience sometimes. Um, yeah. If you don't get both get on board with that, it is just, I roll my d20, I roll my d20, <laughs> I roll my d20, I roll my d20. And that yeah. is, that's also the problem with theatre of the mind. Yes. I would agree, um, especially with the that sort of collective storytelling thing. Like, I do sometimes think players forget that it's your job to be um, just as involved as your DM is. Now, your DM has to bring you in and light the touch paper, so to speak, but you have to run with it. You know, there will be a point where, like... Sometimes it's a curse of being a DM that enjoys description too much or is almost too good at being a DM where you find yourself, like, just listening. And then they like, okay, so what does everyone want to do? And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, uh, I have to do stuff. I kill everyone and listen to my DM some more. It's very much leaning into that. And I think the shared storytelling and theatre of the mind, they do go hand in hand. But then again, I think... To a certain extent, theatre of the mind, and I know this is getting into the sort of ultimate combination. You have to do that with miniatures anyway, because they are still inch-high bits of plastic moving mm, across a painted fair. bit of paper. Yeah. You know? You have to still bring one into the other. It's just with theatre of the mind, the the edges of reality are yeah, less exactly. obvious. You know? What it is, is it's the difference between Gladiator and fight scenes in Gladiator, which is in a um, gladiatorial arena, it's a circle, you know, it's pretty two-dimensional, move forwards, move backwards, and the difference, mm -hmm. between, it's the difference between those fight scenes and fight scenes within Inception, let's say, okay? They're still combat-based, and they're still going on, and there's still yes. um, dynamic uh, pacing, and there's still sort of... <gasps> Will he? Won't he? Ah, who's going to die? Sort of moments, mm -hmm. but in a very differently presented environments, still achieve the same things. So, this is where yeah. both things can be. This is this is where you get to the ultimate bit, right? Which is the bit of both. And and this is my opinion. If you don't if you don't agree with me, yeah, fine. But the combination of both, the thing that makes Gladiator as good a experience as Inception, which is technically more, um, you know, more, more, you know, it, it is more, it is technically more. I don't know what the word I'm trying to say there because I'm just saying the word more over and over again, mm -hmm. obviously. But the thing with Gladiator, <laughs> it's the reaction of the crowds. It's the, it's the drama between the two characters that have already been pre-set up and knowing that there's been external experiences that if you don't keep reminding the audience or players or DM of that there's a full set of people around you 
you're bleeding out from one side from a from a wound, an old wound. You hate this person in front of you who has literally murdered your child and um, and and wife and intends to. I think I c I'm losing the end of Gladiator here. And basically, who is a bit of a dick, right? If you don't keep reminding the players of that, it is that it is that I roll a twenty, yeah. you roll a twenty. These are not two things. I think what we've come to at the end of this discussion is these are not two things that you pick. These are layers, and the first layer is theatre of the mind, for which that is what you use to paint this whole adventure. If you wish to physicalise it to give your players some grounding in actual three dimensions, the next layer is use a battle map. You see? Do you think you can have... Exactly right. Do you think you can have one without the other? Can you have battle maps but no theatre of the mind? No, because that's just dice rolling. Essentially. It's just like action figures, isn't it? Um, can you have theatre of the mind without battle maps? You kind of can. So I think the theatre of the mind is the is the layer. It's the first layer. Because it's all imagination, isn't it? And this is a imagination yes. roleplay game, after all. Yeah, it is. Actually, that's perfect. That that actually sums it up, Sam. Sam, well bloody done. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, next time, I reckon that I show up really nicely. A little less condescension would be lovely. But otherwise, roll well. We are <laughs> you, can do the, you can close it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. So, as always, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Something a little bit different. We'll bring you a few more of these um, deep dives into, I don't know, how to play the game or, or, or areas of the game. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, you know, leave us a comment or share it or whatever you want to do with whichever listening platform that you have. Helps the show immensely and we like to see anybody who comes new to the show and says, hey, I've been bought because of X, which is always lovely. Um, roll well and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodington bye-bye. I don't want to ruin it because I've actually done quite a good job on this one. So to just scream, Ngang-ge! would just cheapen the whole thing. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks! Thanks.